0: again you don't want to kick off with a bluesy feeling why not I mean, my Albanian pronunciation is not really <laughs> on scratch, but saves the life, <laughs> scores a own <long> go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Salah scored again, getting him in new yeah. jerk. It's like, well, he's scored every week, so yeah, that's. I mean, that's clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. I mean, yeah. that's very safe, isn't it? Well, this is how bad it was. It's worse than Newcastle's Joelinton has had in the same <laughs> amount of time. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah,
1: quiz, quiz. Chris, Chris,
0: Chris. <laughs> yeah, Pound Shop Tom's got a few bargains. <laughs> Even Miko yeah. Williams look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The porridge is too hot.
0: It is. It's too hot for the coffee. Um <laughs> <laughs> Soak meat wound. Hello and welcome to The Knee Jerks, the FBL show that fills your hairs with piping hot stats and gets your knees ready to jerk with me, Tom, and Mr Robbie
1: Scott. How are you doing, Robbie? I am good, thank you. It's quite easy to get ahead of ourselves, I think, with fantasy football. And I'm already regretting my first wild card, wondering when my second one's coming along. And it's, what, game week eight we've just had? Yeah, and there's another international break in a few weeks. Is there? <laughs> Counting oh, down
0: the days God. to that. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's really disappointing. I thought that was the last one. I know. They're so tiresome, aren't they?
0: I know. Really The well. only way you can get through is with a wild card, but neither of us will have one. So, yeah, I played mine during this one. How uh, did that go for you? Well, I won at Pep Roulette. So, that was good, but my prize was pretty underwhelming. Um, so, you know, I went to cash in my chips and just got, like, a little uh, cuddly toy or one of those measly prizes you get. Yeah,
1: a water pistol. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, two clean sheets, right? Yeah, and Laporte and Mares both had chances, which I th- assumed they would do, but Laporte nearly got sent off. He got one of those, like, orange mm. card challenges. And then Mahrez, it just looked really rusty. Like, he had loads of chances, but... You know, he looked like someone who'd only played one league game. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> And I thought, well, why didn't I choose Foden, who is like, clearly the most informed? <laughs> well,
1: you just never know, do you? You never know. Not with City, not with Pep.
0: Yeah, and there were a lot of points flying around. But it seemed like... I had different players to other people this week, but I had a very similar points total.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite high scoring. It's quite easy to look down at everyone's scores at the moment as we speak on the Monday pre-Arsenal game everyone's sort of sitting around the 50 mark aren't they it feels like a template is forming but when you look at teams there are there are still some differences but everyone's just scoring at the moment or at least scoring similarly
0: yeah you know what's going to kick in auto subs yeah so that's going to really like shake things up later tonight because we're recording on monday because a lot of people didn't show up Mm -hmm. a lot of like unexpected benchings, and there are quite a lot of points on people's benches this week including yours yeah,
1: we do, none of which will come in, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I was hoping that one of our bench players might come off because Jimenez had been benched randomly hmm. and Villa were losing 2-0. Jimenez was brought on with five minutes to play. Wolves scored three, <laughs> but Jimenez wasn't involved in any, yeah. so he just got the one point. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we should get into the knee-jerk of the week. Yes. Got a lot to get through. Do it. The knee-jerk of the week, I mean, it's already kind of... Um, a bit of a fire sale going on with Ronaldo. He's the most transferred out. But I think it's in junction with the most transferred player in, which is Vardy. So it seems like a lot of people are making that direct move because that's the most popular like transfer out and most popular transfer in.
1: And it's the transfer I'm debating making this week.
0: Ah, well, an appropriate knee-jerk chat then. Absolutely. So I guess we should take them one at a time. What are the merits for Ronaldo out? Do you think it's have um, you lost your tether with him now?
1: Yeah, we've. Well, I think we've discussed him being a knee jerk, both out and in before. Especially when we're talking about Manchester uh, United hokey in hokey general. jerk yeah, like that. He's just not getting points. I think he's getting in some positions, uh, which hopefully you you can shed some light on. But he's just he's not got the end product, and that's what matters at the end of the day in FPL. And he's got some tricky fixtures coming up. Yeah. Um, And United as a team, just as you predicted, you know they got off to such a good start. And would Ronaldo change the system? He absolutely has. United just don't look like they're amounting
0: to anything at the moment. Yeah, it's the fixtures that I can elaborate on, really. Because I think there was a a recent part, I don't know if it was last week or the, the one before, but I kind of mentioned that Ronaldo's record at Juve against the top sides was really poor and that the majority of his goals were scored against like the bottom side. So I dug into that to find out what, how true that actually was because I just kind of heard it in passing. So last season, when Ronaldo played for Juve against the other top three candidates, the so people, the teams that finished first, second and third, he only scored one goal in six games. So that's not great. If you extend that to the top six, so that means you include like Napoli and Lazio who finished fifth and sixth. He scored three goals in total. Um, But obviously, that's then again in in like eight games. Now, you compare that to how many he scored against the bottom six. He scored 13 goals against the teams that finished in the bottom six. And if you extend that to the bottom seven, so you just put one extra team in, he scored quite a few. He scored four goals against the team who finished seventh from the bottom. So that's like 17 goals against the bottom seven. Which means f- 59% of his league goals came against the bottom seven last season. Wow, that um, is last huge. Season.
1: That is really huge. And
0: he's, he was just a flat-track bully who scored, like, two against most of the really poor Italian teams. Yeah, when you compare that to, like, you know, the fact that he only scored one against his fellow top four teams, it, it kind of feeds into that argument that I was... or that theory I had that you just kind of mentioned, whereby you know he will get goals but he often gets goals in games where the team are dominant anyway like he doesn't actually increase the dominance of the team so Juve probably would have beaten those sides anyway and someone would have scored but ronaldo being there as the focal point kind of absorbed all of those goals and and was the one who scored them but when it came to the crunch time against the top sides he didn't really make much of a difference because i think you know when he's playing in a team that doesn't really have much of the ball, he's just like a kind of passenger because he doesn't do anything off the off the ball. He doesn't do any off the ball work. So, and and you could kind of see that in some of United's recent games. Like young boys when they went down to ten men, he was just kind of wandering around up front, useless. And you know he didn't do anything against Leicester, um, who who imposed like a really good high press, right? So, yeah, I, I think you know looking forward, who have United got? I mean they've they've got a really Bad run of fixtures coming up. I know it starts with Liverpool next week, and it looks like Ronaldo is going to experience a similar time to how we had at Juventus. And if that's true, then I wouldn't expect him to really pick things up in the next five games. I think they play the big six yeah. sides in five of the next. It's it's Liverpool,
1: Spurs, City, Watford, Chelsea, and well, then yeah. Arsenal after Chelsea. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's. That's a, a tough run. It's after that that you've mentioned many times before as well, where there's a, a just a run of greens for United for, for days.
0: Yeah, and that's the flip side to this, I guess. That, like, you know, if if he is a flat-track bully who scores loads of goals against the bottom six, bottom seven sides, then you want to get him in for those because he's pretty much guaranteed to get the space. And, you know, we, we know that he gets the frequency of chances. Yeah, I think we will probably be looking to get him back in at that point. So... Ronaldo out, for me, knee, not a knee-jerk. I think that's probably a shrewd move. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. I I don't know, he's just got to go, I think, unfortunately. But just save the money to get him back in for game week 15.
0: Yeah. Will it be Vardy? So he's the most transferred in player. And I guess as a kind of like flip side to Ronaldo, who we've just discussed as not really having a good record against the big six... Vardy definitely does right (laughs) so I actually looked this up and Vardy 34% of his Premier League goals have come in games against the big six it's insane he averages a goal or assist against big six sides every 113 minutes so that's just over like 20 minutes more than a game right so he's he's pretty much like guaranteed to get a goal or assist in, in a game of against the big six sides and obviously he's on this amazing run of form so even though Leicester have got a bit of a mixed bag of fixtures coming up with like Arsenal and Chelsea in the next four Brentford and Leeds are the other two you know, you wouldn't I'd still fancy him, I think he's on on that form as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely and there was some uncertainty about his playing time at the start of the season wasn't there? With Ian Iheanacho performing well at the back end last season Dakar arriving but he's played 90 minutes every game this season apart from one which he played 80 Oh, my God, yeah. So it's, it's, it's quite safe, isn't it? And he's yeah. only blanked three times. And pretty much I would consider it a haul every other time. You know, double digits twice. Yeah. He's He's been a great pick for the last four game weeks and fair play to anyone who's jumped on it early. But yeah. I'd, still, I'd, I'd still say it's
0: pretty pretty shrewd to get him in now. And uh, I wonder if you like look at those next four fixtures as well. Brentford, Arsenal, Leeds and Chelsea. They're all sides that definitely Arsenal, Leeds and Chelsea play a high line. Mm. You know, and historically that's the kind of defense that he's good at exploiting. Like City, he scores he always scores against City, which obviously not many players do, but you know, he got a hat trick against City last season. He he's got that in his locker against sides that play a high line. So I would say that's probably a shrewd move as well. I mean, you couldn't really say Vardy in as a knee-jerk at this point because of how consistent he's become. It's like saying, oh, Salah scored again, getting him in, knee-jerk. It's like, well, he's scoring every week, so So that was a bit of a one-sided discussion. (laughs) I think it really is.
1: Fair play to the 100,000 people who have already done
0: that move, (laughs) I think. Uh, They've certainly got on it before I have. So what else have we got coming up? Well, we've got the uh, review of the Knee Jerks League, so I'll be handing over to you for that very shortly. Still encourage people to join. The code's VVYX2S.
1: VVYX2S. We've got to come up with some... What's the thing where you remember uh, like the colours of the rainbow? Ah, like an
0: acronym. Is that A- Acronym? Is that, yeah. Maybe. Maybe I've got that wrong.
1: <laughs> it, but it's like the embellished form of an acronym. I'm, I'll, I'll get there by the end of the pod, yeah. a.k.a. Google it in the background. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our answer's on a postcard, please,
0: guys. So we'll be coming to a review of the uh League in a second. Then the stats test. So I'm going to be going under the radar to see who's floating around in the ocean of stats. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, stretching those metaphors. As <laughs> and as so can. it begins. You gotta be careful. you run out, Tom. <laughs> yeah. um, then we'll be handing over to you for the eye test this week. Before looking at the shopping list, the captain discussion, which this will be a two-sided chat this week because there's a really intriguing debate where between form, which is you know your players like Salah in particular, but also Vardy, versus fixture, which you know no one has a better fixture than Lukaku this week but he's not in very good form (laughs) no it's one way of putting it and then we'll finish with a quiz so over to you Robbie for a review of the New Jacks League
1: thanks Tom either everyone listens to this podcast and we're all we're becoming a hive mind or it's just we've just all had a pretty decent week this week I would say Kudos to the 73 percent of us who captain Salah this week. Obviously, hauled against Watford just as I predicted last week. He was going to. We saw four wildcards, which I think is quite low. That obviously included yourself. Fields of Casella top again. His overall rank of forty seven thousand. I think is something to sort of take the take your hat off to. Tom, you're up to second and a new entry of the top three in the form of what's rup skip <laughs> which i don't quite get tom that's another one to scratch our heads over i assume skip is the the, the spurs lad
0: maybe they are three players that he's drawn on uh, to make a joke out of the you know what's up skip like skippy the bush kangaroo yeah so we'll need to research who watts and rup are i'm in you so in yeah, Explosive skip is but I can't think of what's on Rupp.
1: To be to be featured next week. <laughs> Few other shout-out captain shout-outs, Trust Your Elephant with Mares and again my dad. My dad's really becoming sort of this team of differential picks. He went for St. Maximan, and Yeti Wanderers went for Fernandez. Now Mares and St Maximan didn't haul. I know Trust Your Elephant had Salah, but opted for Mares instead. Uh, which I think is a, a solid choice. The fact that he played ninety minutes in a city side facing a very weak Burnley. If we had known that he was going to play the majority of minutes pre-game, people would have been rushing to get him in the team. Unfortunately, just 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 got the three points with the clean sheet. So Maxman obviously didn't get anything, but Fernandez uh, did pretty well with assist, doubled up to ten. That makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? However, Yeti Wanderers also had Tielemans which oh, is, show. Yeah, yeah is a cracking pick i think tiermens often gets overlooked because he's sort of a defensive midfielder that pushes up he's not really box to box he's he obviously spends more time near one box than the other uh, but when he when he pops up with a goal or an assist he always certainly gets
0: the bonus as well absolute peach of a goal as well have you yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, was it? What, cross or shot? Cross or shot? What are you saying? I think it was intentional, yeah. I think he knew what he was doing. There were some cracking goals this weekend. Little side note. Yeah, there was quite a few in that game. Like Greenwoods yes. was amazing in that game as well. Yeah,
1: no, you're so right. Final thing of note is that Gambinos is off the bottom. Wild card <laughs> last week, off the bottom this. 82 points to make up for the next place, which is 17th. All eyes on him for future, because I reckon he's started, started the ascent.
0: Yeah, he was unlucky, I guess, with some of the people in the side, like Walker, for example, who didn't expect Walker to play. I fully expected Walker to play, so yeah. And uh, I I feel for who was it? Who captained Maris? Trust your elephant. I could see the logic in 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 that, and he was unlucky. You know, Maris hit the bar with one shot. He was tripped for what would have been a penalty if De Bruyne hadn't swept the goal in. So he could have got an assist for that as well. But it was a Salah captain week, which is probably going to be a lot of weeks to come, really. Yeah,
1: I couldn't see any signs of Firmino, Uh, obviously, highest highest point scorer this week so far, which would have been an absolute hell of a pick.
0: Yeah, it's it's a real differential, but a really good one, potentially. So, speaking of differentials, I've been... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, going around my submarine looking for the old under-the-radar picks. What color is your submarine out of interest? Well, yellow, obviously. And um, there's quite a few interesting picks that I've been able to discover. So we've got another mullet fish this nice. week. Okay. So if you remember last week, Huang came flapping out of the water with two goals against Newcastle. Um, and, you know, he did get a start again. Yeah. So Over Jimenez, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Jimenez... Was rested because of his international commitments. Okay, But I would still back Wang to play alongside Jimenez, which is what he did for the games before this week, before Jimenez was rested. So it would be interesting to see that confirmed next week and hopefully we'll see that partnership rekindled. But this week we've got another mullet fish, someone who came out of nowhere to come flying out of the water uh, with a winning goal against Leeds. So it's uh, Armando... Uh, Broja? I think you say Broja or Broja? Broja. I would go for. I know, but he's Well, he's of Albanian heritage. Okay. So, I don't know if there's a Z... J- uh, no. Uh, uh, like a soft G? Yeah. I obviously don't know. Or a Y? <laughs> I mean, my Albanian pronunciation's are not really <laughs> on <off> scratch. <laughs> but, but he's certainly staking a claim for being Southampton's best option ahead of their incredible fixture run. So... They've got, they had Leeds this weekend that kicked off this amazing run, but they've got Burnley at home coming up next. Then they've got Watford, Villa and Norwich. I think Watford, Villa and Norwich, as well as Burnley, are all in the bottom five for terrible defences at the moment. Mm So you couldn't ask for a better run of fixtures. He's only five million. And he's a forward, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's the kind of player that you could bring in and have as like that bench option who you might need to play sometimes if you've got an injury or the enabler um, yeah. the, the
1: reembrooster, Brewster, which really didn't work last season <laughs> yeah. but at least there's a track record here
0: yeah and if like it allows you to if you do go for it it allows you to then upgrade your four, fifth midfielder um, to someone who could be a really good you know six to six and a half million option so you know you might be looking at someone like Saka or Rafinha or something as you sort of a fifth midfielder and playing three five two. But yeah, he, he didn't just pop up with a goal. Uh, no striker of any side this this weekend had more shots or more shots inside the box than than Broglie. No way. It was against a depleted Leeds side, you know, admittedly. Yeah. But so
1: like you were saying last week, Southampton not only have fixtures, hasn't got gotten playing. And, you know, they're certainly looking way more robust than I thought they would at the start of the season. They got out.
0: Uh, Leeds got outrun for the first time, I think, since they got promoted to the Premier League. Really? So yeah, Southampton are really fired up. So there's the this week's mullet fish flashing out, flapping out of the water. <laughs> but we've also got a shark, who's been lurking around uh, <laughs> under the radar, and it's um, Ian Acho. I mean, we all know how dangerous Ian Acho is, uh, but so far this season, he's been lurking out of sight, kind of you could you, you know you're kind of hearing the jaws theme tune but it's never approaching it's never really that loud because he's on the bench <laughs> and, and starting up top again for Leicester alongside Vardy he looked amazing so the last two games he started he's got a goal and assist in those games we've finally seen the return of that three-five-two formation that you know worked so well for Leicester at the end of last season when he and actual was just ripping it up and we've been baffled in previous weeks trying to work out why Rodgers hasn't been playing that and I'm starting to think maybe the reason was that he didn't have his first choice defenders available to make that system work Mm. so now that he's got people like Evans back from injury for the first time um, Castagna and Pereira are now both fit so he's got two his two first choice wing backs so now he's got like all the pieces for that puzzle to kind of fit together, um, maybe that's the basis on which Ian Nacho is now allowed to play, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's such a good chat.
1: obviously we spoke about Ronaldo earlier, but I've been looking to ship Antonio as well, Yeah. and you know Ronaldo Tavardi is is one thing, but also Antonio, who honestly looks so poor the last game, he's had quite he, ever since that week he got sent off, you know I'm, I'm wondering if I'm, I'm sort of oh, what's the phrase? It's the sunk cost fallacy, right? Oh, you know when wow. you what's that? When you're clinging on to something because you're just waiting for the returns. And I'm just clinging on and clinging on because he's shown how capable he is, but I think now West Ham's fixtures turn, they got Spurs Villa, Liverpool, City, uh Wolves in there somewhere. And obviously Leicester's are getting a bit better and like you're saying, form. He could he could be a way out.
0: Yeah. It's a shame with Antonio. We'll come back to him later, I guess, because I think he's one of the kind of outside differentials in the captain discussion. But um, as you've kind of hinted at already, it's quite an outside (laughs) (laughs) discussion. But yeah, I do think if you are looking to move him on, I think there are worse picks you could go for than your natural. I mean, if if Vardy is in this form, but he's a bit out of reach at at 10.6 or whatever he is, then you know, Ian has shown, you know, since he's come back into the team with a goal and assist, and, and definitely last season, that they don't eat into each other's points. They actually kind of, you know, help each other gain points in the same way that, say, Salah and Mane do. So, yeah, I do think he could be an exciting alternative there. Uh, we've also got a blobfish. <laughs> oh, the much elusive. I mean, this is a serious blobfish. I mean, I. to be fair, the original blobfish, Elianusi, is still... Coming up in terms of like like getting on the ball, looking dangerous for Southampton, I think he had a really high expected goals because he had a really big chance uh, but missed, <laughs> so he 's still like you know bobbing along at the at the seabed um, <laughs> on about you know zero point zero one ownership, and bobbing along on the ocean floor alongside him without <laughs> anyone noticing at all is uh, Ben Godfrey <laughs> Wow okay now this is a serious a serious blobfish right. He's a 4.8 Everton defender. We talked in pre season about how Everton under Benitez might be quite a solid defensive outfit. And I do think they're looking like they might be turning in that direction. You know, they haven't conceded more than one goal for quite a while. He's established himself as the first choice centre back alongside Keane. And, you know, in the last three games, they've played some really good attacking sides like United and West Ham and have done well. But it's more his attacking threat that's caught my eye and three shots inside the box against west ham this weekend was more than any other defender managed he's also that that kind of puts him in the same bracket as the likes of van dyke and harry Maguire for wow. getting on the end of so many uh chances you know if you extend it across like the last six games he's he's in that mm. like bracket so you know it's he's showing some consistency in that respect and with watford's up next, and then Wolves and Spurs, who, you know, are shipping goals as well. Both shipped two this weekend uh, against lesser sides, really, you'd say, as well, with Spurs particularly. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Ben Godfrey popped up with a, a headed goal at some point. And, you know, the clean sheets might be there for him as well, especially with the Watford game. So, yeah, if you were looking for a blobfish, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben Godfrey might be your, ma- might be your man. <laughs>
1: I'm sure they really are, are enjoying, you know, obviously they're listening to this podcast, really enjoying the comparisons that are made to the uh, u- honestly u- ugliest fish in the ocean. So, you know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, if you are someone who likes to combine your love of football with your love of marine life, <laughs> um, then tune as, in for this section next week. <laughs> as you
1: evidently do, Tom. <laughs> are
0: you comfortable? Yes. Okay. What I'd like you to do now is look straight ahead. Blink a little bit. Open up. Your ocular surface looks good. We'll take your intraocular pressure now. That's who's going, doing well, like, under the radar. But who's passing the eye test this week?
1: Well, it's a good question, Tom. And I've tried to go for some under-the-radar under picks, but unfortunately there's no ignoring uh, Mo Salah, who is first and foremost the number one choice. Mainly need to pick him as an apology to him. Again, I'm sure he was listening to this. Played probably one of the best performances I've seen from an individual player against Watford, albeit you know, one of the worst teams in the league at the moment. But man, week after week, watching him play, you've just got to get him in your team, haven't you? At the moment, you know, we, we speak about form, we speak over like about ability, and he's he's top of both at the moment. Klopp said at the end of the game, "Is there a better player in the world right now?" And I honestly can't can't name one. Every sort of superlative that there is in the modern game. Can, could be used just to summarise that one game against Watford I think it was it was jaw-dropping that even the Watford fans were applauding everything he did He's he's so far racked up points he will continue to rack up points his fixtures are turning but when you've got a player who that doesn't even
0: matter then you've just got to get him in your team I think. I think that goal against City in particular showed how little fixtures matter not just because of the opponent but because of the position he was in mm. like you know there was, he had no right to get a shot off goal, yeah. g- a goal there let alone an actual goal yeah. so yeah if 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 he can just kind of be from a standing start mm. can just wriggle past the tightest defense in the league and score from a really tight angle at the end of it you know these games coming up against dodgy man United. Brighton and West Ham aren't going to hold any fear (laughs) for him,
1: and I'm sure we'll come on to it later with the with the captaincy. So I I won't I won't bore you too much. Tommy, you
0: have to wax lyrical about him. I mean, just just because, like you said, the form that he's in, he's he's pushing himself into that top bracket of global stardom. So I mean, he he
1: always has a dip every season. Last season it was winter where he he never had a dip before. Uh, so if he sorts that out this year, he'll be, I mean, he, he just looks a different beast. And like you were saying last week, I was surprised that he was most improved. Uh, who scored, was it? Yeah. Um, I believe the hype now. We can mention any Liverpool player, to be honest. Even Trent almost scored twice.
0: Even um, Nico Williams looked good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, what was it, 80th minute when he came on? And you know that Klopp was just having fun when <laughs> or when you saw him him walk on otherwise have to mention out of position Sar as well from that game a very very small note he's going to be starting up and you know we've noticed his advanced position before but he was at the forefront of a three-pronged attack even Dennis was being pushed wide for him and not just momentarily he could also be a bargain if Watford sort it out and that's a big if I think
0: they've got a really tough run of fixtures at the moment as well but he he is still up there, you know. When I when I was looking through all the stats tables, like he's still really up there for all the important metrics like big chances, like amount of shots, shots inside the box, all these things. So he is kind of showing that in spite of his team's form and in spite of the fixtures, like that Liverpool game, he's he still wriggled his way into getting some good opportunities and in easier fixtures that should be enough to get him a goal
1: yeah you'd like to think so maybe in and those fixtures will come in time for Ranieri to sort of give everyone a bit of a kick so I was almost a half mention but we'll we'll count him as one I mean I'm gonna mention the man who we could mention every week as passing the eye test but he's he's not an FPI asset by any means Treore. (laughs) <laughs> had, uh, Adam Atreira uh, had looked invincible at times during the week and he's looked really good. I, I don't know if you saw the, many of the highlights, but he was almost oiled up to help him slip past players. Oh, he
0: does do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: a terrifying thought having having him run at you because he he will get past you full stop and you just have to take him out, which sort of led to Wolves' la- uh, third goal in the end. But yeah, one for FPL, maybe not. But is he passing the eye test? absolutely and like you say well like we were saying for the last couple of weeks Wolves fixtures are certainly looking they're not the best but they're looking favourable in comparison to other teams
0: they look really good as a spirited team Wolves Mm. as well like you know it takes a lot of team spirit to actually come back from two down and 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 turn that around and you know that's is it three wins in a row now for wolves so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they and, and and even before that when they'd lost their opening games they were losing in in quite an unlucky way like i remember it we weren't worried for, about wolves no, even yeah. though they lost their opening three i think because they were posting really good numbers and you know looking really good it just couldn't quite f- finish off the chances so, yeah, I mean, it's Leeds up next, who are obviously uh, in a bit of a difficult state. And, yeah, if you've got a few of those Wolves players, we've been talking up Huang as a potential band for him. Jimenez is someone we've been talking about in recent weeks as well. So, yeah, Traore, add, add him in there. I mean, he looks amazing, but um, it's just that finishing. Yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. That's, that's always the question mark around him. I mean, if he
1: sorts that out, he becomes nailed, doesn't he? In yeah,
0: he be nailed in any team, yeah.
1: yeah. I really enjoyed your reluctance to say bandwagon then. But,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Huang, Huang Wagon Is bandwagon, that better? Yeah. I don't know.
1: It, it works on so many <laughs> levels, yeah. I mean, we could, we could use them all. Um, the only other thing I would mention is that of the 10 fixtures, we had seven clean sheets this week, which may or may not be a lot, but four goals scored by centre-backs, two of which were in that Wolves game. I think I'm beginning to side with you, Tom. I think I'm beginning to see centre-backs as a viable option instead of sort of looking out out to full-backs. You know, those clean sheets included sides like Brighton, who you've been saying are strong, but also Brentford and Southampton. And even, you know, Christensen played at the weekend for for Chelsea. Very viable centre-back. Again, never scored in in the league for Chelsea, but definitely don't overlook them. Believe, Believe the hype. Believe Tom.
0: Yeah, I mean, Christensen, it's just the... The cheap. Uh, he's so cheap to get into a Chelsea defence. Yeah. I was expecting more from my centre-backs, to be honest. Laporte had a, a chance inside the box again, which he seems to have every every time I, I've, I've seen him, but um, he skied it over the bar. Duffy is still up there for like the, the amount of chances he gets from set-pieces. is just crazy. He just towers over everyone. I think, was Og Bonner one of the goal scorers was, yeah. You? So... Dyer obviously scored, but against his own team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saves the life. Scores an then <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> Poor guy. Is there anyone else on your eye test? Because there was one person that I thought no, might no. be. Go on. Mendy. Did you see the end of the Chelsea-Brentford game?
1: Oh, that's such an excellent shout. Yeah, that was absolutely insane. <laughs> they were battered, Chelsea. Yeah. How the
0: hell did they hang on to win that game?
1: Yeah, and we're constantly wondering about uh, which defenders to get in the Chelsea team? But if there's one person that's nailed, I mean, I so say that he got benched for, he got bench for keeper earlier, but that was injury uh, earlier in the season. Won't necessarily get saves every week, but almost he's now for a clean sheet, doesn't he? I
0: mean, if he single-handedly got them that clean sheet. I mean, I mean that like I've never seen a storm like that. Like like a, I mean, you, you know, like traditionally people used to talk about teams at Old Trafford when Ferguson was manager having to weather that like final few minutes when the legs had gone and you know the crowd were up and they were famously a team of wingers under Ferguson as well so they were just whipping balls into the box like constantly that's what it was like at Brentford like they were just throwing balls into the Chelsea just couldn't get out they just like desperately tried to just kick it as high as they could and it just kept going out but like whether it went if it went for a corner then they were they were outsized in in and, and you know they had good uh set piece delivery takers at, at brentford if they managed to get it to halfway line they had good like uh people back there who could whip it back in and if it went out for a throw it was the most terrifying thing of all because they've got like i can't remember which player it is for brentford but they've got someone who's got a really good long throw on them yeah um so the crowd are really up for the for the long throw and and like it was just chaos like there were so many pinball moments in the in the box where Chelsea players were just completely in, in like disarray, and Mendy just managed to just save dive it. around, saving everything, save the day. I think it's Pinnock with the long throws. Ah, okay, I think yeah.
1: He scored against Liverpool. That's, that's why his name is etched in my brain forever. You're right. I mean, he got nine this week, but he's also gone up in value. Six million pound keepers usually start falling when they're not getting clean sheets, but yeah. people obviously saw that, and he's he's gone up this week. For his first clean sheet in four, but the huh. next few fixtures, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, like you're saying about Lukaku yeah, that's I mean, that's clean sheet, clean sheet, clean sheet. I mean, yeah. that's, that's very safe, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a great shout. I don't know if he'll get many saves against Norwich next week, but um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely is in the form of his life so. He might not be on our shopping list given that keeper transfers are always really dull Mm. and that you only really do it when you're on a wild card, right? Yeah. But there is one of his teammates who's on the shopping list this week who is a very exciting pick. So, little Ben Chilwell. He has come back into the side at the expense of Alonso, has got a goal in both of those games since he returned to the side... He's got Norwich next, and then Newcastle. I mean, they are two the two most obliging defenses, and he keeps like popping up in the box. Like it's not that he's one of these fullbacks who is getting chances from corners when he's given a license to get forward. He's like playing off Lukaku. I mean, he's getting more shots than Lukaku. Jeez. He's he's getting in the box more than Lukaku. So he he should be on the top of everyone's shopping list. I think. Um, Frustratingly for me he's already risen in price since the weekend so I've kind of been priced out of doing a direct swap for for one of my defenders but can't think of a better option than Chilwell for this week against Norwich I just think he he got 15 last week you know because he got that holy grail combination of clean sheet goal and bonus points I can see him maybe even surpassing that against Norwich. Wow. I mean, the amount that he gets in the box. And he's on some set pieces as well, so he's always got that assist threat. I just don't know whether Alonso's going to come back in the team. And I think it's hard to drop Chilwell on his current form. And he is a better defender than Alonso in, in the sense that he just tracks back a bit more. He's got more energy. So... Yeah, he he. We were kind of bigging him up at the beginning of the season because he finished last season really strongly, and maybe now is the finally is the time to to, to get on him. Have you got like any plans to bring him in? Is is that like a part of your team that you're considering a, making a move? Do you say five point seven?
1: That's post him going up this week. That's yeah. insane, isn't it? That's yeah, so yeah. cheap for those fixtures. Perfect to sort of get rid of get get rid of the more. Premium options or even upgrades, Sure, I mean now already trying to solve a headache with with Ronaldo and Antonio. Maybe you need to ship them. Now thinking, is it worth worrying about that later and just getting him in? That five point seven. He's not going to stay five point seven
0: for long, is he? No, I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a double rise this week. He's risen already once, and it's 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 not just the Norwich game that you know we'd expect him to get big returns from. Like we said, it's like. It's Newcastle after that who are the worst defence in the league at the moment. Uh, but then it's Burnley at home, so again, like you'd expect a clean sheet there. You know, it's, it becomes a bit more of a mixed bag after that. But given that Chelsea have got that capability to shut up shop against anyone on the day, you know they kept a clean sheet in the Champions League final last year. <laughs> so you know they, they they know how to do it. And yeah, he's a he's he'd become a set and forget. I think. The, as, as long as that question mark around Alonso is solved, which I suspect it is then I think he's one of the best options in the game. Another person that is probably less in demand and probably won't see a price rise, but I think is a good shout for this week is Zaha, and I'm actually thinking of him so Zaha's on penalties he's playing for you know the newly attack-minded Crystal Palace which... <laughs> You know they've they've who saw that coming? I know, <laughs> not me. <laughs> they they've just been putting together like it's not just the goals and chances that they've been creating that are showing how much they've transformed, but their passing stats are like far higher than teams like Arsenal, who are famous for for being a passing side, oh, yeah. and, and 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 hugely different to, to to what they were like last year. Palace, so. So yeah, they've 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 got Newcastle at home uh, this week, and can't get a better fixture than that. They've got City away the week after, which is probably putting a few people off investing in a Palace attacker at the moment. But given like the way that City have been shown, they can be got at sometimes by the kind of player that Zahar is. So obviously the classic example of this is, is Son, who seems to score every time he plays against City because he's just a brilliant counter-attacker. Mm-hmm. Um, but also people like Vardy, who we've already mentioned. Even Traore has, has, has scored a few against City over the last couple of seasons. It's those players who are just so fast and so good at dribbling that they, if they do get in behind that really high line that City have, the one-on-one with the keeper. Mm. Maxwell Corne was one-on-one with Edison um, for Burnley this weekend because that ball over the top is always there for someone who's got the pace like Corne does. So, you know, Zaha could could get something. It's, it, obviously, it's not, not the best fixture he's going to have, but once you can get past that City game, Palace have then got Wolves, Burnley, Villa and Leeds, all sides that are leaking goals. So, I do think you know, we've been trying to get excited about Palace for a while now, but always looking at the fixtures and going, Pff, "Yeah, Gallagher's got great expected goals. Yeah, Eduard has come in and 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 is you know scored on his debut and looks like a decent option. And you know, last week um, you mentioned Elise. You know, we've been trying to big up some of these players, but every week it's always been but the playing against uh, Arsenal or but the playing against um, you know whoever it might be a, diff- a difficult t- side. Now, I think we can maybe jump on them. I mean, you've got Gallagher. You must be finally hoping for some returns from him <laughs> soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially with Newcastle next week.
1: I was going to ship him, though, to be honest, if it wasn't for that fixture, because I, I, I don't back him. But I don't see why that should also, like you say, reflect Zaha. I he's, he's certainly the focal point, isn't he, at times? Yeah. Especially against those specific sides.
0: Yeah, so and he's exciting, isn't he? You know, he's he's one of those players who I think, like, is a classic FBL gem because he is the focal point of a of a team. Mm. So you know, we're we're historically looking at those players who you know, my mind always goes straight to Meechu when he was at Swansea because he was a midfielder who was the main attacking outlet for a mid-table side that you know will score a decent amount of goals. Um, but it's the goal involvement that really makes them such good picks. And Zaha has always been that player for Palace. If if Palace score, you know he's been involved. And over the past few seasons, they haven't really scored that many as a team. But now they look like they will. So, yeah, I think he's all right. Another player who fits into that category is Rafinha. I genuinely think we're looking at the next, like, Mane or Mares here. Like, someone who's going to rip it up at a mid-table side and... All the big sides in Europe are going to be after them. You know he's an incredible player. I think he scored for Brazil twice last week in what was a really tough game against Uruguay. He, you know he was man of the match. Uh, Neymar was all over him, giving him hugs and stuff. He was kissing. <laughs> he was trying to kiss some of the opponents. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was Jeremy you know, Mina uh, yeah. in, in one of the one of the games that they had. Leeds, obviously aren't doing very well as a team we've already kind of mentioned that they're suffering those key injuries so you know I don't know if Bamford's going back anytime soon but I think the others will like I think Phillips will and Rafinha's personal stats remain really good so you know they come up against Wolves this week um, who've just conceded you know a couple to Villa and Newcastle in the last two and we know Leeds always want to attack and then the week after that they've got Norwich so I do think that you know Rafinha's got it in him to score in those games and he's the kind of player that can just kind of pull a goal out of nowhere like a kind of pound shop seller right? <laughs> I mean, I think,
1: is this like your Pound Shop trend for Luke <laughs> yeah. Shaw? What else are they selling?
0: <laughs> yeah, Pound Shop Tom's got a few bargains. If you're ever looking for like a cheaper version of the FPL favourites out there, just come to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you, have you got Rafinha? Is it someone... He's a popular pick, he's right? T-
1: he's topping all the stats, isn't he? Uh, he's owned by about 20% of people, I think. But that, yeah, and rightfully so, that, that run of fixtures coming up. He's he scored a goal in the last two of the last three games he played. Like you say, even with that Bamford out, it doesn't seem to matter so much, for, especially for Leeds' attack. He's going to be the next big thing, isn't he, by sounds of things?
0: Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if Neymar's telling uh, PSG to get him in. I mean, how, long are they, how many more years are they going to get out of Messi? So, replace Messi with Rafinha. That's that's the category I'm putting him in. (laughs) Wow, that's huge. (laughs) No, he's but I think he's 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 good, right? He's he's definitely he could definitely cut it at um, a Champions League team. (laughs) Okay, so I promised that we were going to have a very contentious and intriguing debate uh this week for who's your captain Mo seller (laughs) you can't
1: can't not right done (laughs)
0: what's the next segment quiz (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well as we've mentioned in the past few weeks lukaku was essential to get in for this run of fixtures right particularly this week coming, which starts with Norwich at home and then they've got Newcastle away, like the two most obliging defences you can possibly play against. Then they've got Burnley and even after that it doesn't get too too bad. It's like teams like Leicester and United who might pose a bit of a threat but still concede a bunch of goals. So a Chelsea attacker.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean we expected something from Brentford, right, as well, you know, and it's been a fairly muted start, hasn't it, um, to to this run?
0: yeah. We mentioned how he had not really been getting um, many shots in recent games. So I've got some stats on how that has continued and now this like run of bad form is kind of stretching across a significant number of weeks. I, I,
1: I know you're a doctor, Tom, but now I feel like you're sitting me down about to tell me that, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Lukaku's going on to... Palliative care or something, this is...
0: (laughs) Yeah. How how bad is it, Doc? (laughs) Well, yeah. So, in the past four game weeks, Lukaku has had only six shots, and only one of those has been on target. Wow,
1: that's really bad. Like, no matter
0: who you're playing. Well, this is how bad it was. It's worse than Newcastle's Joe Linton has had in the same (laughs) amount of time. It's... So, Joe, Joe Linton's had... Uh, six shots similarly, but at least two of his were on target. (sighs) Burnley's Maxwell Corne has had three shots on target from half the time that Lukaku has had in the past uh, four weeks. And, you know, this hasn't even been a particularly tricky run of fixtures for Chelsea. Like, Chelsea have played uh, Spurs, City, Southampton and Brentford. You know, like, obviously you can say... City stifled Chelsea in that game. You know, they, they they set out with a really good press and Chelsea couldn't really get out of their own half. You could make that case if you want to be generous to Chelsea um, and say it wasn't Chelsea's fault. But the other games, Spurs, four weeks ago, yeah. were absolutely like there for the taking. Yep. Southampton, they did score three against Southampton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Southampton do let in chances. And then Brentford, like, yeah, Brentford are good. Again, like Southampton, they're a good side, but... There are still a side that concede goals against the big teams. Like they're not. You're, you're you're my internal monologue
1: every time I check my fantasy team for the last four weeks. I'm just like, why are you not getting me
0: any points? It's insane. It really is. Um, another thing to throw in the mix is that Norwich might not quite be as bad as they were when we were getting really excited about this fixture. So I'm still they're still very bad, right? Okay. But they've kept two clean sheets in a row, and they've kind of been dropping down the the table of worst defense now as well. So Newcastle have overtaken them in terms of like the most big chances conceded. Um and then when you sort of dig into some of the other types of like frequency of shots conceded of different types and stuff, N- Norwich are kind of dropping down on the table there as well. So the games where they've kept those two clean sheets were against Burnley and Brighton, not the most attack-minded teams of the league, but you know, still Two sides that do usually score. Yeah, he's
1: bang out of form, isn't he? Just like I've I've never seen someone so out of like even the chances he is getting. Like you say, they're not even they're quality chances with a really poor finish.
0: I I don't know what to do. I mean, you can't take him out because he's got Norwich Newcastle
1: next. He'd be, on the shipp- he'd be on the shopping list, wouldn't he? I bet he would not be on the shipping list.
0: <laughs> if, if, like, R- R- Ronaldo and Lukaku's fixtures were turned around, the knee-jerk discussion earlier would have been turned around as well. I think we'd all be talking about getting rid of Lukaku and bringing Vardy in. Yeah. Um, but as it is, it's Ronaldo that's got the tough fixtures coming up, and we're, not even talk- we're talking about Lukaku as the main captain choice yeah. just because of the fixture, but his form's woeful. Which means it might be time to cue the Jurassic Park theme. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> because if you do want to overlook Lukaku at home to Norwich, who's definitely got the best fixture by far of all the captain choices, then you don't want to look at the fixture, but you actually want to look at form. Then, yeah, you can't look past the red-hot form of Mo Salah, right?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, every everything we said earlier, and plus the fact that United's defence... Yeah, just conceded four. Got Varane out Who will be missing That game as well Um, A manager who We're still not sure Knows what he's doing And is uh, under a lot of pressure You know And a a lot of players Not performing in that In that side You know It's not just Ronaldo uh, Sancho Still not scored
0: Flop Already? Are we calling it? I mean, £75 million and he hasn't done a goal on an assist and hasn't even looked good for 10 minutes, I don't think. Yeah, I mean,
1: so. Greenwood's outperforming him by miles, isn't he? In, in a very similar role. In, well, yeah. on, on the wing that Sancho sort of made his own at Dortmund. So, yeah, it really depends on which United show up. And if it's, if it's the United we've seen the last couple of weeks, Salah could have an absolute field day, I think. No matter no matter where the game is, even even though it is at Old Trafford.
0: Well they're actually worse, Old Trafford. Like they, they they seem to be a bit better away from home. I mean, they've been terrible everywhere over the past four or five games, but over the last season or so, it's usually away from home. You know, they were like unbeaten away from home for about twenty three games or something. It was getting on to the point of being a, a record. Oh. Um Whereas Old Trafford, they always have these surprising, or at least they used to be surprising defeats, right? Where you know teams like uh, West Brom would win, and Everton got that yeah. draw there recently. So I can't really add to the Salah praise, because I think we've done that to death, but I don't think we can... <laughs> well, actually, I do really want to pile on in, <laughs> and kick kick the United Corps a bit more. <laughs> um, so Beat the horse. <laughs> no team has made more defensive errors than United so far this season. Bam. They've made seven uh, defensive errors, and this was typified by Maguire's panic. I don't know if you saw when oh, he was... He
1: was awful, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, he, he was put under pressure twice and lost the ball, but the one that was particularly embarrassing for him was... When Ian Nacho was just running at him, he had like quite a lot of time to just pick a pass, but panicked and just allowed Ian Nacho to take the ball off him. He passed it to Tielemans and then that amazing goal happened so that was an error that directly led to a goal they 've done loads of them in terms of big chances conceded United are on sixteen, so that 's only one fewer than Leeds and Burnley, so they you know they 've conceded big quality chances frequently and I think the only caveat is what you just mentioned which is what kind of United turn up because we do know that in these big games they, they do have this strange capability given how poorly organised off the ball they seem to be in every game. Hmm. In these big games, they do seem to be able to just pull together this kind of Steve Bruce, Sean Dyche <laughs> type <laughs> stultifying performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they, you know, he has got a good record against Pep, for example, because he just turns the game into this really dour, like, low-scoring affair. And I looked at some of the recent um, games against Liverpool, and last season in the league, this, you know, this reverse fixture at Anfield was 0-0. And I think they had a 0-0 against City at Old Trafford last year as well. So they do have that capability to just... Turn the game into a bit of a dour, like, what did I call it last week? A dull dull.
1: A dull do, yeah, no, 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 a dull <laughs> Yeah.
0: Just but another caveat
1: I would add is from what I've seen, they're going to do another Glazier, um, Glazier protest. protest. Yeah, uh... despite the millions and millions that were invested. Um, so, A, atmosphere could be pretty interesting. You know, if, if they start off on the right foot, then it might continue. But if it if it goes bad, it will go downhill quite quickly, I can imagine. And um, but two, make sure you don't have t- the ca- uh, two captain choices from the same game, because do you remember it got called off last year, a really good because show. of the protests. Yeah. So I don't know if you're thinking about doing one from Liverpool, one from United, or two from <laughs> Liverpool. Well, two from United, but yeah, don't do it. I mean, how do you see the game going? Do you think I, of- I really th- I I don't think it will be a dull dull. I just think it will go a bit high scoring. United have got so much to lose now, I think. They, need, they need to attack. They need to win it.
0: And yeah. I mean, you could do everyone a favour and give them a win so that Ollie stays <laughs> in the job. No, but come on. like it, You must we agree. Were we were going to hit. You, yeah, I mean, it's happened... City gave them a win last year to keep Ollie in a job. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think he's the ideal manager for someone who doesn't like United. Like, he... He he never threatens to win anything, yeah. uh, like a cup, mm-hmm. but wins enough just to allow this like zombie team to just carry on mm. tottering along in the top six, top four, um, and shows just enough in some of these big games to give United enough hope that the, that maybe there are signs they can win the league. Well, obviously, they never will because he's a terrible manager. But another red-hot form player, as well as Salah, obviously is Vardy. We've talked about him a lot already. Behind Salah, he's clearly the most informed player, and you know, similarly like Salah, I guess as well, he's famous for having these hot streaks. Where I think Vardy's got the Premier League record for right for scoring the most for the most games in a row. Yeah. So you know, he's famous for having those hot streaks, and he's got Brentford away this week, who have shown they're no pushover. I think they're everyone's second favourite team now, like the kind of usurped leads for that like that crown, I think, this season, maybe. Mm. But clean sheets have started to dry up for Brentford. You know, they've conceded five in the last three games. So whilst they're still playing really well, um, they're obviously going out to try and win games, and that's left them a bit open at the back. So Vardy in this form, you wouldn't bet against him. You're looking to bring him in, but would you? Would he be vice-captain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait a minute, I've just realised. So if you're bringing in Vardy, Salah's your captain, await United... Vardy's cap- vice captain and we're completely ignoring Lukaku, hundred million pound, arguably one of the best strikers in the world Against, at Holton Norwich Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> it's 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 a real toss up this week, isn't it? Yeah. And like you say, fi fixes over form. The pessimist that you know, my club bias always speaks to me in a very pessimistic form, and I think I'd probably still choose Lukaku over Mo.
0: Yeah, it just feels like it's more likely that that game is going to go Chelsea's way. Mm. Like, there, there is a chance, as we've discussed, that United pull out one of these Sean yeah. Dyche-type performances where it just turns into a nil-nil. Um, I mean, and, and they've got it in them. Like, United, United have one of the best squads in the world. Like, yeah. they do have it yeah, in yeah, them on, on the day to, to win against Liverpool. The but, most expensive. And it's expensive. Yeah, and Norwich don't have that capacity. No. There's, no, there's There's no foreseeable scenario whereby Norwich... Are able to pull off like a win away at Chelsea in the way that United might pull off a win at home to Liverpool. So, mm. so with that in mind, Lukaku only really needs to make sure that he's in the right positions and he's <laughs> going to be getting chances. Whereas, yeah, Salah's going to have to pull out magic again, probably. I mean, um, all, all three are
1: justified. Um, I'm not actually sure he'd need to pull out that Bigger magic trick though. <laughs> yes. Just Flowers out the sleeve is fine I think <laughs> yes. against, okay, if, you know, if the Same United shows up Have you got any other picks that are perhaps less justified
0: Yeah I mean I mentioned him last week Kevin De Bruyne Nice. And since he's come back into The City team he's typically like Always been at the heart of everything And he's scored in both of the two games that he's played day Since day. coming back in wow. In the Burnley game he wasn't on the end of everything like he was in the Liverpool game because I think there were very different types of games, right? So he was playing a more kind of withdrawn kind of quarterback style role where he was pulling some of the strings rather than getting on the end of chances. But still, he has this knack like all great goal-scoring midfielders do to pop up at crucial moments in the box and that's what he did and got the goal that killed the game. So he did the same at Anfield the week before. Brighton away isn't... A great game, you would think, but whereas Brighton have done well against some top teams, they do seem to have a bit of a poor record against city, like they haven't really popped up with a surprise win against City in the way that they have done against some other teams. I don't know if that's because Potter's style of play kind of to try and dominate the ball and to try and like impose themselves on the game kind of plays into. City's hands a bit in a way that doesn't play into the hands of someone like United who get a bit thrown off kilter when, 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 when that happens so yeah I, I, I mean he's a, he's we, we mentioned how he looked a bit rusty against Liverpool but if De Bruyne still getting back to match fitness is a De Bruyne that not only scored in his last two league games but got three assists in two games for Belgium if he is reaching match fitness yeah, again yeah. he's 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 gonna be up there for captain discussions right We, I mean there's not that much between him and the main contenders that we talked about I, I, don't, I don't think really apart,
1: apart from like you say game time really and and perhaps you know shaking off a, a what's seeming to be quite a long term injury
0: yeah
1: I think on the other side of that little side note I guess is that I've got no worries about Putting Sanchez in my team this week because he's going to get saves. Let's be real; the clean sheet's gone, but the chances of quite a few shots on goal from City I can't ignore.
0: No, but I, th- I think like I wouldn't be so. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't completely write off a clean sheet. I think that. Really? Okay. Well, City are one of those teams at the moment who the stats are kind of misrepresenting the side a little bit. I I think that there's still a few question marks over who the goal scorer is for City and I think in big games against Chelsea against Liverpool and, and, and teams like that I don't think it matters as much because the game is quite open mm-hmm. and in those kinds of scenarios you've got space for people like Foden and De Bruyne and, and, and etc to, to run into in, in games where it's a bit more of a lock picking exercise against Southampton against Burnley you kind of need someone who's got that strikers movement Sterling does not have that striker's kind of instinct, as I mentioned earlier. He, he seems to be afraid to shoot at the moment, so he's the only one who's been playing centre forward apart from Torres. Torres is out for three months. Uh, it looks like Sterling's going to carry on. The only thing that, and this is, I haven't got too much evidence for this yet, but I am thinking there's a. It looks like Foden might be lined up to be the next kind of centre forward. For, for the next one again. He's done it before, right? Yeah, so he obviously did it against Chelsea and did it really well. When it was the Liverpool game, Pep opted for Grealish in that position, who to be fair, it's it's a difficult position and, and he's never really played it I don't think in, as far as I know in his career and that was one of the probably the hardest game in the season that he was asked to do it for. So he didn't look good but I think there's understandable reasons. But I think the main reason Foden wasn't asked to do it again was because they wanted Foden on Milner. They wanted a left-footed left winger I say, Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who could stretch that kind of Milner side. Of, 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 or even if it was Trent, I think they just wanted someone who had a left foot on that side. But against Burnley, Sterling got given that chance to try and prove himself as a centre-forward again because he's been training there all season, did really poorly. And what happened towards the end of the game was that Sterling was pushed out to the right and Foden came in well Sterling kind of floated from both wings, but Foden came into the centre. And for at least the last twenty to thirty minutes, Foden was definitely playing as the centre forward in that game. And I wouldn't be surprised if he carries on doing that. He's not got the same instincts as Torres, I don't think, for that position. But he's certainly got a wider range of shooting capacity than Sterling does. You know, he can he can shoot with both feet, he can strike a ball cleanly. Sterling hasn't really got a great left foot and he doesn't strike the ball cleanly even with his right so if you've got Foden you could be in for a good run because he might start being the centre forward for City Um, there's your differential pick (laughs) yeah if you've got Maris like me though I think get rid because Jesus is just going to take that place again (laughs) Uh, the only other differential I was thinking of was Antonio so you've been saying you're thinking of getting rid of him
1: yeah absolutely no should I not be
0: well, he's still topping some of the stats tables. Okay. He is really highly transferred out. You're not the only person who's thinking of getting rid of him. Uh, he's, 11th, he's the 11th most transferred out player so far this week. For good reason as well. You know, it's four games in a row now that he hasn't returned. But he's still the third, got the third highest expected goals involvement among forwards. So only Vardy and Tony are above him over the past four weeks. So during that period where he's failed to return he's actually been creating a lot of chances as well so he's the highest among forwards for chances created he's created 11 chances over that period so he's still got it in him to deliver points I think Spurs are a shaky team at the back I don't think Dyer is, is, is really looking like he's going to form a good partnership with Romero I'd, Like, I'm not really sure what's going on there but they're conceding goals every week and, and looking like a bit of a shambles at the back I think mm. Spurs so I do fancy West Ham to score in that game I'm looking at other players and thinking I need to get rid of them more than Antonio, I guess. And also, I don't know if you're the same, but I've had him <laughs> since the start, so like, if I sold him and I did want to get him back, I'd lose a fair bit of money. Would you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had him since the start as well, but we've made sunk cost fallacy now. <laughs> we're heading into that territory, I think, and we're, we're living off, there's, there's a bias there, we're living off the, the history of the first three game weeks. Because after that sending off, it's, it's been somewhat downhill, hasn't it? But bar his goal against Leeds.
0: Yeah, and the fixtures aren't great. I mean, I was on a wild card last week, obviously, and I was contemplating getting rid of him because it was Everton this week away, which was always going to be a, a tricky-ish fixture. Then Spurs-Villa away, Liverpool-Wolves away, City away, Brighton and Chelsea. Like they're all pretty solid defences. To be fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: mean, if anyone if anyone scores, you would have thought it would be him. But both fixtures and form are against him, in my opinion.
0: I mean, who who are you looking at to get him to get in for? Well, after our
1: chat, I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind Ian Ache I don't think. Yeah, you know the the cheap Vardy, the pound shop Vardy is that what we're <laughs> <you're> calling <laughs> him?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, a, another more expensive alternative: would be Harry Kane. <laughs> is he back now? I said, that Sp- I said that Son was back. In fact, can I just have a quick word on Son? Because I said that he was going to be back last week. Obviously, he had this like COVID rumour, and it sounds like he might have had a false positive. Yeah, definitely seems that way. But we've mentioned that Spurs aren't really defending very well, but if you look at Son's individual returns, so these are Son's returns so far this season for the games that he's actually played in. 10 points, 3, 10 2 seven, ten, nine. like he just he's returning brilliant point scores like wow. every week yeah yeah and he's got um, I mean the next three fixtures are a bit tricky but once you get to game week 12 Spurs go on a run of like Leeds, Burnley, Brantford, Norwich Brighton so I think at that point we might be looking to bring in a Spurs player mm. maybe that's a discussion for future pods complete maverick pick this week for captain is your boy Gallagher just anyone against Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. Just a final question on the quiz before we move. A uh, uh, final question on captain before we move mm. on the quiz. Go into your head. Who's your captain going to be? If You had to choose right now. Lukaku. Really? Yeah,
1: Norwich at home. Anyone Norwich at home. Like, if, if, it, if it was Spurs, you'd be saying Kane. Yeah. You know, if, it was, or if, if it was Newcastle, you would probably twist my into putting Wilson in. And yet we're talking about uh, okay, fine, they're not really scoring much, but we're talking about most top expensive, of the yeah, top of the <laughs> Champions of Europe. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's gone to my head. I think it's I, I'm on Salah right now. Wow. And I do I still think it's quite brave to do Salah. And I know form is one thing and you know, like I said earlier, best pro in the league, but there's certainly some there's a different gravity to it than there is Lukaku, I think.
0: Yeah, he might be talking some sense into me here. We'll see. But as it stands, I'm with with Salah. Vice on Lukaku? Yeah. Nice. Uh, So that means it's time for the quiz? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, quiz, quiz.
1: Quiz, quiz, quiz. (laughs) What was it? This
0: is the quiz. This is the quiz. Oh, there was some harmonies in there, Tom. (laughs) So, question number one concerns the game between Brentford and Chelsea. It was a brilliant game. I mean, every game Brentford plays these these days is like game of the week. How many players in that game recorded more shots than Lukaku? (laughs) Did two players in the game record more shots than Lukaku? Four or six? Both sides,
1: so Chelsea and Brentford. Two's too low. This is this is the Goldilocks moment. <laughs> is six too high? Four's a shot? Nope. Six.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> the porridge is too hot. It is. It's too hot for Lukaku. Brentford midfielder Norgard, he was topped with six shots, showing Lukaku how it's done. Um, substitute Forward, who played for 20 minutes <laughs> Godos Had three shots Then it was Force and, B- and Bomo Tony and Kovacic, who all had two shots um, And then Lukaku came along With his one measly shot On um, Ben's um, back on salad
1: <laughs> That's insen- That's ridiculous That's not what you want to hear, is it?
0: And it was off target um- <laughs> <laughs> Soak meat wound <laughs> Uh, he recorded fewer touches inside the box than Brentford defenders Pinnock and Janssen. So Pinnock and Janssen had more touches inside the Chelsea penalty box than Lukaku had in the Brentford one. Lukaku's now only had one shot on target in his past four games. For comparison, Pats and Daka had three shots on target in just 13 minutes against United. <laughs> so, he scored. He's just on such bad form. Wow. I just never saw this coming with Lukaku. Never yeah. saw it coming. I thought he was the... Final piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, like, all the United problems that we're seeing with Ronaldo were predictable. You know, they didn't want him. Like, Ronaldo was available all summer. It was only in the l- final hour of the transfer window and it looked like he was going to City. The United's hierarchy came in and said, Solskjaer, here you go, have Ronaldo. Yeah. And he was like, oh. And fair enough to Solskjaer. He's somehow got to make that work. Complete opposite with, with Tuchel. Tuchel, like, you know, had made a side... That was just missing a dominance Lukaku type striker. They give him that, and it looked like it was working. But yeah, ha- I don't know what's happened to to lead to this level of form. But but they're still
1: top, and it's not a case of if; it's when they get him firing. As uh, like you say, be unstoppable. And it's the Norwich game. That's where it begins, right? Even yeah, if he gets one,
0: probably could be laughing. I do wonder though, like Chelsea. They've been getting away with some dodgy performances. They got outplayed by Villa and it, and and and, sh- and somehow came away with a three 0 win against that. Yeah. They got battered by Brentford. They didn't deserve to win that game. And then there were some games in between where they've been quite lucky as well.
1: I just think there is an aura that Liverpool and City have had previous seasons. United had in the nineties. Where teams are just going out expecting to lose and absolutely losing.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I don't think this title race is over just yet. I, my money's starting to look a bit, move a little bit over to Liverpool given uh, their form. They take games in. Yeah, <laughs> I just. I, but Liverpool have been there and done it with the the battle through Christmas. Right. We'll see whether Chelsea are up for that. But anyway, back to the quiz. More important, important to, things. Yeah. At hand <laughs> <laughs> The quiz. <laughs> So we've got to the point in the season where we're not looking at overall season stats now. We can actually break the season into halves and look at more recent form, especially when we're considering people like Antonio, like you mentioned, who had a cracking start to the season but has kind of gone off the boil in the last four. So over the past four game weeks then, which three forwards are joint top for number of shots? So three forwards have had, I can tell you how many, I think it's 15 shots over the past four game weeks, uh, but which of those forwards are they? Is it Verna, Antonio, and Mopai? Are they topping the charts at the moment? Is it Kane, Ronaldo, and Vardy, or is it Firmino, Tony, and Watkins? Firmino, Tony, Watkins. I don't.
1: Firmino and Tony, I just don't think are out there. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Watkins was. Kane, Ronaldo, Vardy, Verna, Antonio, Mopai, joint top. The number of shots. B, please. Kane,
0: Ronaldo, Vardy. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so obviously Ronaldo and Vardy don't really send any surprises there. Yeah. The surprise yeah. inclusion might be Kane. Yeah. It, he's been so off the boil. And that's why I thought it was interesting because he's really creeping back to the top of some of these tables now. So he got a goal against Newcastle this weekend and set up some with a really good assist, which um, involved him like, you know peeling off one of the defenders to get into a really good position to fire it across the box. It was a really good all-round display, I thought from Kane to be honest. I mean obviously Newcastle are terrible at the moment, so we'll see how much we can read into this. But that's why it's good if you do stretch it back over the past four game weeks and see that he is starting to get up there now with with all the other strikers for number of shots and I think over the next three games weeks we're looking at a pr- a fairly tough run for Spurs. They've got West Ham, United, and Everton. But I think that's when we should be monitoring Kane. Because then, as I said earlier, after that, they have this run that goes Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich. Three of which are at home. Wow. Okay. So, and, I will say, it coincides with a certain Mr. Lukaku's tailing off of fixtures. Okay. So, it in game week 12 when Kane embarks on this run of Leeds, Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Lukaku's fixtures, having just got Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley out of the way, three brilliant greens, then goes to Leicester, United, Okay, Watford away, West Ham away, in the four after that. So Kane might be someone that people are looking at to replace
1: Lukaku? Yeah, I mean, he's dropped dropped massively in price, hasn't he? He's 12.1,
0: I think. Yeah, so, I mean, it's Which, weird because he still feels expensive. Um, yeah, it brings him closer to Lukaku than it does Ronaldo. Yeah, that's true.
1: So yeah. it's, it's an easier upgrade if if you are going to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's definitely worth doing. I mean, if he if he shows something over these next few... I mean, what was interesting against Newcastle was he wasn't just getting into decent positions up front. He he was pretty committed in towards the end of the game in holding up the play and things like that like that if his head wasn't in the right place which is what a lot of people have been saying about Kane, he might not be doing
1: no 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 absolutely yeah yeah I mean yeah he's going to look great in in the city he's going to be nice and nice nice and cheap for when he joins city in January I think
0: (laughs) Uh, okay question through three this is the usual regular question that we have about shots conceded inside the box by the opponents of our captain favourites. So, uh, we've talked about Lukaku against Norwich, we've talked about Salah against United and Vardy against Brentford. Which of these sides has conceded the highest number of shots inside the box of this season?
1: You'd be foolish to say Man United, wouldn't you?
0: Norwich or Brentford? Norwich. Ding, ding, ding. Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, it felt a little bit obvious, maybe, but one of the interesting things, like I said earlier, is that they're not quite as bad as they were a few weeks ago, so they're not top of this table okay. anymore. Uh, they were a few weeks ago, but now West Ham, Villa and Watford and Burnley are all above them. Wow. Uh, okay. Shots conceded inside the box. On recent form, Watford and Villa are the worst defences because you look at the big chances they've conceded as well. And like, you could throw the caveat in there with Watford that you know they've just been on the end of this hiding by Liverpool but there's a reason we all had Sar right because the games the three games before that uh, were really kind for Watford yeah, they were good. like Leeds was it um, Norwich and Newcastle Yeah. so they shouldn't have been conceding so many shots in those games yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah Watford's defence is pretty woeful at the moment and Villa you know conceding three goals in ten minutes against Wolves that's one of the reasons why they're up there in those tables so this is potentially good news for people who own Cheap midfielders from Arsenal and Everton. We've been talking them up recently. People like Saka, Smith Rowe. Obviously, the Everton boys like Gray, Townsend, etc. Because it's um, Arsenal, Everton who face Villa and Watford this weekend. So those it might be a week for the cheap mids. You know, you got Gallagher against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, you've got Saka or Smith Rowe against Villa. You've got the Everton boys against Watford. So yeah, it could be a good week for the for the cheap mids. Okay, question four. I'm three for three, Tom. Oh yeah, you're on. Let's, on roll here. let's not understate that. Again, over the past four game weeks, looking at recent form, which team has recorded the most attempts on goal? Is it City, United, or Liverpool?
1: Ah, uh, the answer's staring me in the face. Is it too obvious though? Now, now I'm on three for three. Ah, uh, overthinking much? Do most attempts on goal, Liverpool.
0: Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, is not who I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, who is it then? It is United. No. I know, who would have thought? Cursed. Um So it's incredible. They've had 76 shots on goal in the past four weeks. So they're really trigger happy. And we'll, on that basis, probably carry on scoring goals, you'd imagine. But a lot of those shots are like pot shots outside the box. So right. only a handful of them, nine actually, out of 76, actually registered as big chances. So Wolves, for example, who are right at the opposite end of the table for the amount of shots that they've had um, over the same time period, they've only had 32 shots compared to United's 76. Mm. But Wolves have (laughs) recorded 11 big chances. (laughs) That's more. Yeah. Wow. Um, And United have only recorded nine. That ratio is insane, isn't it? They're just incredibly, like... They're not getting into good positions. They're just... I, I reckon just having desperate shots um, a lot of the time. You know, walking
1: to dressing room and oh, he's just got shoot written on the whiteboard, doesn't <laughs> he? Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Per, perhaps is like good context for Ronaldo's stats. You know, like we were talking about how Ronaldo, his minutes per chance ratio is just above every other player. But if these are the chances that we're talking about, mm. chances from outside the box that aren't really recorded as big chances, then maybe they're just crap chances that he's getting. So yeah, sorry to ruin the uh, role that you're on. But yeah. It's always it's, it's question four <laughs> twice in a row now. I think <laughs> yeah, it's, good, it's always a good one. <laughs> so finally, quick up, a quick update on the mid mids. Yes, I've uh, been talking them up already quite a lot. I guess a, um, a podcast fave. Yeah. So again, over the past four game weeks, so looking at more recent form for these mid mids, which of the following players has completed more successful crosses, created more chances? And recorded more shots inside the box. Is it Rafinha, Saka, Townsend, or Traore? Townsend. Ding 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 ding. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Four out of five. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. That's a new high. Yeah. So it's um. I thought it was interesting because Townsend's actually among like the elites when it comes to um, successful crosses right. and chances created. So he's actually created eleven chances over the past um, wow. few uh, four game weeks, which. Okay. He's really high. Like yeah. that's the same as Antonio, who's the highest for all forwards. He's got a decent number of shots inside the box as well. So his goal threat, you know, he's been scoring a lot of goals recently, and you know the amount of shots that he's having inside the box puts him ahead of those others that are really popular, like Saka, like Rafinha, um, etc. And you know, with Richarlison probably back this weekend, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin not, hopefully, not too far behind him. He should be aiming those crosses at more successful finishers than Rondón. <laughs> mm. I don't think the ship has sailed yet on old Andros. I think like, you know, we, we, we thought that he might have been a bit of a knee jerk given that, you know, he's he's a bit of a journeyman and he scores worldies, so you you know, you just think, well, you know, he's not going to score a worldie every week. But he's showing with those crosses and passes and stuff that he's offering more than just worldies. Yeah. There's other elements to his game. Are you tempted? I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, you're looking maybe to replace a striker. Um, I'm looking to replace a mid. And because I've got a bit of money, and you're probably in a similar position, right? Because you might be selling uh, Ronaldo. You think, right, well, I've got to be looking at players like Vardy. I've got to be looking at players like, um, you know, maybe Kane. Uh, because you're getting rid of Ronaldo. And I'm kind of similar with Mares. I'm thinking, oh, I should be looking at another City mid or maybe like Jota or someone like that. Is around the same price, and I might just because of his price be overlooking players like Townsend who are a lot cheaper, but probably you know, they have what he has Watford at home, you know, that's probably one of the best fixtures at the moment to have, and he is posting better stats than city midfielders, yeah. So, yeah, sometimes you can overlook players because they're cheap, right?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and also sort of cling hold of the more expensive ones, a la Ronaldo and Lukaku, just because of their price as well. Yeah. Works both ways. Um, he's, I mean, certainly if I had picked him over grey four weeks, five weeks ago, I'd be in a much better position than I am now. But no, they're both both very good options, I think.
0: Um, so hopefully we've got, still got a lot of captain chat to, to, to well, thoughts to go through this week, I imagine. Um a kind of that quiz might have swayed you off Lukaku a little bit, hmm. maybe. It's
1: a, it's a Friday deadline this week as well, isn't it? True. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'll set. I'll set a
0: captain tonight. We've got Champions League midweek as well. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like I was worried about how I'd been tr- priced out of Chilwell because I think he's probably the best player to get in. But the upside of that is that now I'm not going to rush a transfer. I can wait until after those Champions League games, yeah. where, you know, who knows? Chelsea have got. A big Champions League game. Mm. So, if Chilwell picks up a book, uh, an injury or something, then I will have been proven right not to do that. Yeah, 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 true. Um, well, not proven right, but I would have. Been fortunate that I didn't do it. So yeah, uh, I've just checked the Arsenal score, and Arsenal winning one nil. Saka has a yellow card. You're kidding? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it half, is it, it's not even half time, is it?
1: No. No, that's ridiculous. It's Pepe playing. Yeah, he got an assist. Uh, I've I've read or seen somewhere that whenever Pepe Saka is better on the right, and obviously that's the only position Pepe can play. Oh, so okay, yeah. um, my my transfer of Saka, and I guess you brought him in as well this week, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, is um is obviously not looking so good right now.
0: I imagine Pepe is playing at the expense of Smith Rowe as well. So at least oh no, he's not. Smith Rowe's playing as well. And good. Um. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so um, it's quite an attacking line-up, I nice. guess. Nice. Yeah. Got a, a heart Yeah. Uh, so it looks like Party's just got this kind of array of forwards in front of him. Um, so fair play. It seems to be working so far for them.
1: Back to the entertaining football that we, uh, we know <laughs> yeah. and love from, uh, from Arsenal, I'm sure. So, yeah,
0: from... The way back in the misty past. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh thanks Bobby. It's a good night from me.
1: Good night from him.